Welcome to this episode of the His Hill Podcast. My name is Kelly Darty, and I'm here with a couple that are on staff. Uh, those of you who are alumni, uh, my goodness, that goes back almost 30 years back, you would know one of them for sure. Uh, we have the Griggs with us. That's Mark and Audrey. Now, Audrey used to be Audrey McCall. That's why I say you will know one of them. Um, so what we're going to do is just sit here, have a conversation, let them uh, just share how they came to know Christ and and what they're doing on staff, how they got to become a couple. And uh, we'll see you know, what else the Lord has, to, has for us in this conversation. So to begin with, uh, hi guys, welcome hey. here. Hey. Yeah. It's good to have you. I appreciate you being willing to do this. Mm-hmm. Audrey, we weren't real sure <laughs> was going to be able to do it. I, I, I wish, sometimes I wish that our podcast was, was video as well so I could show things. And what I would love to show is the, the, uh, the, the, um, the meme that you sent me <laughs> last night. Yeah, yeah uh, Audrey's been sweating this out. Mm-hmm. And uh, I've assured her that if anything doesn't go the way she wants it to, we can just edit it out. So if you hear a little, uh, if you if you notice <laughs> real sharp c- cuts in the in this podcast, you know what's going on. Uh, I just need to ask you guys a question: Is there anybody out there you would like to give a shout out to? Oh, Jason Funk. Jason Funk. Yes, he. I'm sure would love to be on the podcast at some would point he? if you need oh, another yeah. alumni. So yeah. should I contact him? I think you should. Yeah. What He'd... What should I talk to him about? <laughs> Um, you could talk about the time he shot a turkey and uh, left the raw meat on the top shelf in the fridge. A couple, couple of health code violations. <laughs> just, just a couple. Yep. Uh, we could, uh, yeah, we could talk to him about that and find out if he ever made up for that. <laughs> and if not, there's still time to do so. Yeah. Okay. Yep. Yeah. All right. Well, good. Uh, Mark, anybody you want to shout out to? No, I think we'll just we'll just concentrate on Jason. Right okay, there. we'll yeah. leave it with Jason Funk. Mm-hmm. Jason lives in uh, Pennsylvania. He's in Lancaster. Mm-hmm. And do, should we give his phone number? Oh, we could. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, so Jason, uh, be expecting an email from me. We're going to see about uh, having you on the podcast someday. Uh, anyway, uh, Audrey, since we're picking on you, let's go ahead and start with you. Um, Audrey, you grew up here on staff uh, as a staff kid, one of one of ten kids. My daughters were uh, part of that group, and uh, you, man, you were here year in year out. And now you're on staff, uh, but you know, I don't know that I've ever had the opportunity to hear you explain. I, I, I know how, you know, I remember that, but I've never heard you uh, get to explain it. So why don't you just tell people just how you came to know Jesus? Yeah. So um, I was about six or seven, I think, when I don't really know what exactly brought me to the point, but I realized that I wanted to accept Christ. And I think just talk with my parents about like communion and stuff um, every month kind of had it in my head of, mm. and they had explained to me like what that meant. And so one night alone in bed, I just um, prayed that the Lord would save me and uh, went upstairs and told my parents afterwards I accepted Christ. And um, yeah, so that's kind of when I first accepted him. Um, and then I was young, obviously, so didn't really fully understand what it meant that young. But um, kind of as I grew older and um, probably around like 12, 13, I um, think I started to finally realize a bit more of like mm. what a personal relationship with him meant on my own and 
that's when I decided to get baptized um, because I, yeah, just realized my need for him. And um, so, yeah, it was kind of a gradual coming to him um, throughout my childhood. Yeah. Okay. What was it like for you growing up on staff? I mean, you were the only daughter (laughs) with, with, with the McCall boys. Okay. And Mm -hmm. that, that was, uh, that made, that had to toughen you up a little bit. A little bit. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. They're great guys, but they were pretty active and you were, you were stuck in the middle of that all the time. What was it like for you? Um, I mean, I think it definitely made it easier having like Lauren and Madeline and Coley and Shay around. So they were kind of my sisters. (laughs) Um, but yeah, I mean, in some ways with being the only girl with older brothers, it was lonely. Um, feeling like, yeah, I didn't have a sister like everyone else did, but, um, yeah, it was cool as well. Like we spent a lot of time together and I feel like as I got older, I grew a lot closer to my brothers and, um, yeah, it was just, yeah. Okay. No, good. I, I know what it meant to me as a parent watching my kids with the students. Mm -hmm. What was it like for you as being one of the staff kids with these these students in year in year out and getting to know them so well I loved it it was I I mean there were the hard aspects of like the students leaving every year yeah and especially as a young kid like not understanding that and a lot of tears and Mm -hmm. saying goodbye but um I loved like the opportunity to like get to spend um afternoons and evenings and with these 18 year olds every year Mm -hmm. and I felt cool that like my best friends were a lot of like 18 year olds when I was eight, nine, 10. Um, but yeah, I feel like it was a really cool opportunity to like see the students from a young age and like how they came. And then by the end of the year, even just as a kid getting to see like the growth in them and being like, wow, like they've changed so much. Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, I think it was just an amazing way to grow up. I loved it. Yeah, I, I don't think the students, as it was happening, I don't know if most of them, if any of them really realized the impact that they had in, in your life yeah. and in the other kids' lives. Yeah. Um, and it was an incredible, it was a privilege for us as parents to have people that loved the Lord and wanted to take a year out of their life to be here mm-hmm. and to have those kids or those students around our kids, you know, year in and year out. But I know what you mean, uh, th- that closing banquet, yep. you know, that was, that was always hard. I would, I would get through it and get through the preliminary goodbyes and, you know, just kind of move through it pretty quick. And then I would just go home. Mm-hmm. You know, I just didn't <laughs> want to, yeah, cause it was, it was hard. And, uh, but you know, the, but, but they're wonderful memories and, and friendships that have lasted, you know, a yeah. long time. And uh, I, you know, I love to hear from the alumni to hear what they're doing, how, hear how they're getting along. And uh, some of them even shared just, you know, how bad it is. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I appreciate knowing that so that yeah. I can, I know how to pray for them. But, um, but anyway, so now before, well, you were on staff. Okay. now I'm showing my age and memory <laughs> not working well, but you were on staff before you guys got married, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so how did that come to be? Us. Well, you, on- you on staff. First of all, tell people what you do on staff. I'm the kitchen manager and head cook. There you go. Yeah. Okay. So she, she has the job that is, 
it is the hardest job. It is. And it's, uh, it's the hardest position to fill as well. Um, there's people lined up a mile long to, to, uh, you know, to waiting for an opportunity to teach. But uh, there's not a lot of people that say, hey, I'll feed 100 people. You know, <laughs> I'll do that every week. Um, but uh, so how did you end up doing it? Um, well, when Sheila was getting ready to leave, she um, had encouraged me to think about taking over. And I said no. A <laughs> uh, couple years before that, the ovens had gone out at Thanksgiving and... I had oh, looked yes. at her <laughs> and I said, I never want your job. <laughs> she laughs at that now. Um, but yeah, so when she was getting ready to leave, she had encouraged me to think about it. And I was just like, no, I, I can't do that. Mm. And so, and not being able to find somebody to replace her, um, my dad had asked me and Lauren if we could at least take over for the summer. Um until they could find someone else. So we both agreed to that and said, no more, just the summer, um, which we did, and we survived. <laughs> um, and then, yeah, they we ended up bringing on someone else, a couple, um, and they were here, I think, for about a year and a half, um, and then they left. And um, kind of in the process, I think the Lord had been working in my own heart of, like, just realizing that... Um, it's not really my decision. Mm. And, um, yeah, just realizing that in a sense, I felt like I said no to him mm. by saying, yeah, that I wouldn't do it. Um, and putting a limit on what he could do through mm. me. So, um, yeah, I had told my dad, um, soon after, um, that if the opportunity arose that I would, um, take the position. So the opportunity arose, sooner than I thought. And, um, yeah, so it was over Christmas break in, uh, 2014. He came up to me and said, I'm going to need you to take over. (laughs) So yeah, I knew like I had just been praying about it before that. And I knew that it was what the Lord had next for me. So I said, okay. And started in January. Wow. Yeah. Okay. So you, you started in 2015. Mm -hmm. Okay. All right. Um, yeah, that was, you know, that, that, that was an interesting process to see because you worked in the kitchen for several summers. Mm-hmm. So you were being trained and didn't even know it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, and I have watched too from a distance knowing, you know, you just basically knew the job when you came into it. Mm-hmm. And, uh, so, you know, you were being trained. So that's really interesting how the Lord does that. You know, yeah. I, I, re- I can say the same thing about myself. I remember in Bible college, I was a music major. And had, you know, I was adamant that I was not going to be a preacher or a teacher. And um, I, I wanted to do music. And that's all there was to it. And we were six weeks away from graduation. I know what classroom I was in and which wall I was staring at. It was the south wall. <laughs> and uh, had this thought, I've taken the wrong major. Oh, I know. And <laughs> I just, oh, well. <laughs> But, you know, it's a, it's a long story, and I'll say, I'll, I'll just give the, the highlights of it. Um, but what had happened was that when I transferred to Canada to go to school, I had planned only being there for one or maybe two years, and then I was going to transfer back to the States because the school I was going to was not accredited, couldn't give degrees. Well, when I was sitting in registration, the registrar told me, well, no, we just, we've just become accredited. You can get a degree now. 
And I thought, well, yeah, I'll, I'll do that then. I'll just stay here. So I, I enrolled as a music major and I did, you know, I did in all these years and then I'm six weeks away. I was sitting down with the academic dean just a couple of days after I'd realized I'd taken the wrong major. And I was talking with him about my music degree and he turned around and looked at me and says, Kelly, do you think you're getting a music degree? And I thought, well, yeah, I mean, I'm a music major, you know, why, why wouldn't I be getting a music degree? And he says, Kelly, we don't give music degrees. Now, you know, this is not something that you just, <laughs> I'm, I'm crazy for just broadcasting this all over the world. What kind of idiot is Kelly? <laughs> so what I, what, what had happened was this is when the year they became accredited, the head of the music department was on sabbatical and he did, and nobody told him. So when he came back after his sabbatical, everybody else had gone through the process and all their programs were accredited, but his wasn't. Uh -huh. So he was scrambling to get it together and it took him another year. Well, I came, my first year there was his first year back. So I just, you know, was a music major, not knowing that they didn't give music degrees. So what he so the academic, academic dean looks at me and says, well, see, nobody had ever explained it to me either. Mm -hmm. uh, but the, the dean says, Kelly, you're getting a bachelor's degree in religious education with an emphasis in music. And I, I remember sitting there and looking at him and thinking, oh, <laughs> that's why I had to take all those education courses. <laughs> all those speaking courses. And, and so, you know, I, I just thought this is hilarious. You know, the Lord was, the Lord had something different in mind, but he used the music to bring it about. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and so the, the positions that I came, that, that I came into after graduating were the music is what brought me into the positions, but, but those positions also provided opportunities for teaching and preaching. And those, those were the things that started to develop and become more prominent. And then the music started to move more toward the back. Mm -hmm. So I just think it's interesting, you know, the Lord knows what he's doing yeah. with us. And, you know, when we get so uptight and so nervous, am I supposed to stand up, sit down, turn right, turn left? You know, yeah. the Lord knows. Yeah. Just trust him and move forward. Uh, the key, trusting him, you know, as you move forward. He knows, he knows what, what he has for us, and, and, and we can trust him for it. Okay, well, thanks. Uh, Mark. Yeah. Um, now, actually, I've known you for a while, too, before you became you know, staff. Yeah. Uh, you were, your, your sister was a student with us mm -hmm. and uh, you are from Fredericksburg and you used to show up every once in a while. Yeah, I did. I just showed up uninvited. I, I don't know <laughs> if y'all wanted me around or not, but y'all, y'all never kicked me out. So I guess. No, I re, I remember you coming. <laughs> I remember you showing up. We, I used to have guy nights on, I think it was Wednesday nights mm -hmm. and we'd, you know, we'd, watch movies or do different things and, and then discuss the movie after or something. I yeah. remember as guys are coming in, I turn around, here comes this guy in a leather jacket and you, <laughs> you were on your motorcycle and come yeah. in. Yeah. And I said, Mark, Hey, come on in. No, that was great. I was really, I always thought that was great that, you know, felt like you could just come and I, I, I loved having you down there. But uh, tell us a little bit about your life. Uh, you know, Audrey grew up at his hill. Where did you grow up? Sure. Well, I, yeah, I grew up in Fredericksburg. Um, I grew up, to um, a, a newly believing family, newly believing parents. Um, and when I was real little, they started going to Fredericksburg Bible Church. And, uh, and that's where I uh, came to know the Lord for the first time. I remember 
that Sunday school room in the in the back of the church with the flannel graph and everything, those tiny little plastic chairs. Um, but more than the decor, I remember just knowing that I can't. Mm-hmm. I, I can't get to heaven. I'm not good enough. There's nothing in me, but but Jesus can. Mm-hmm. And uh, and so you know, six. Well, it was probably a little more like seven or eight. Um, years old that I first come to that knowledge of Christ. Okay. Um, and then it wasn't until later in later in late middle school, um, Dave Tooker was traveling around yeah. teaching in I think every youth group in a hundred square miles yeah. or yeah. something, <laughs> and mine was one of them. And uh, and and that was the that was the first time um, the Bible really made sense as a as a whole. Mm. Um, he just, you know, blasted Genesis through at least Matthew, at least the whole Old Testament, um, you know, real quick, uh, all in a kind of an overview, and and that was really exciting. Uh, you know, I I probably wouldn't have would have never been able to put it in words at the time, but but I think what resonated was that if if God has a plan for Israel and for redemption and 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 the whole picture. If he has a plan for the whole picture, then he has a plan for me. Mm. Um, and that, uh, that is a, as a, a young adult, um, you know, a teenager, uh, just got me excited and mm. wanted me, you know, to pursue him oh. a little more. And, and then, yeah, my sister came to school in like Oh two Oh three. And so I was just her shadow there for a little bit and would sit in and see some evening classes once a week or, guys movie night or play dodgeball on Tuesday okay. or something like that and just hang out with the really cool college kids that Audrey was talking about. Yeah. <laughs> you know, when you're when you're 16 years old, uh, an 18-year-old is just like the coolest thing ever. Right. Yeah. And so, yeah. So you you started to uh you were summer staff for a while, weren't you? Yeah. Um I w- would have been 17 after my junior year of high school. Okay. That's that's when I was a, a mo boy for the first year. Okay. Yeah, so so now you you take part in overseeing the mo boys now. Yeah. Yeah, yeah so again, you're you were on one of the podcasts a few weeks ago, mm-hmm. but for just for clarity, what's your position here? Yeah, I'm on maintenance. Um, so I run I run the horse program as well, barn manager and kind of project manager. Yeah, good maintenance. So um, now, didn't you attend one of the Torchbearer schools? I did. Yeah, Ravencrest. Right. Oh five, oh six. Okay. So. And uh, and Audrey, you went to Cape Henry Harbor. Yeah, yeah. Cape Henry Harbor. What year were you there? Um, ten, eleven. Okay. You you think? I think. <laughs> yeah, that <laughs> sounds years. right. Yeah. <laughs> Okay. Um, now, it's something I was thinking of just now while you were talking, Mark. This is really interesting, and I don't think I've ever thought about this before. But as a couple, Audrey, you were the lone sister mm-hmm. among brothers, and Mark, you were the lone brother among sisters. Yeah, it's it's almost creepy, but <laughs> she has three older brothers, and I have three older sisters. <laughs> Works um, well. Yeah, so uh, we, were, we were training for each other a long time. I, I don't know. So you kind of balance it out. Yeah. And, yeah. Okay, you, yeah, okay, that's great. Um, okay, so now, uh, Mark, you've been on staff since when? Uh, full-time since 2011. And how did that all come to be? Well, um, let's see. Since we left off at Bible school, I... Uh, after Bible school, I came and I was a maintenance intern here uh, for two years, and then the Lord, via Charlie, moved me on, 
And, uh, and then after a couple of years doing construction and some other odd jobs, um, I ended up volunteering to be a counselor for the summer staff uh, in 2011. And it was then that, uh, that Charlie asked me to come back on staff, not only on maintenance, um, which I wasn't surprised because they were kind of looking for a maintenance guy at the time, but also run to run the horse program. Mm. And that's what was really surprising because I didn't have any horse experience. I had very little horse experience oh, okay. up until that time. So um, it was a pretty steep learning curve, Those that first six months, first year. Yeah, uh, yeah that's a big thing to take on. Yeah. Horses are just, you know, they're just animals, and they do animal things, and then you put children on them who do children things, yeah. and <laughs> yeah, it's, it's just as fun. Okay. <laughs> Well, good. How many horses do we have now? Uh, Twelve. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> you think? Yeah. <laughs> Last I counted. <laughs> really good at this. Yeah. Okay. Um, okay. So now you both were on staff. Audrey, again, you came in on staff in what year? 2015. Okay. And Mark? 11. Okay. So 15, 11. Now, even before you came on staff, you guys knew each other. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Was there ever noticing of each other during that time? Nope. <laughs> Not really. <laughs> Okay, so then what happened? Well, she was just Ryan and the other McCall boys' younger sister, you know? Yeah. So I would, I'd go down to the river, or we'd, you know, hang out, play games and things like that. But, uh, yeah, she was always just like the, the, the tag-along, the, mm-hmm. the 12-year-old in glasses and <laughs> braces or something. So um, you guys were getting to know each other without knowing you were getting to know each other. Yeah. yeah. Okay. But yeah, uh, and then kind of when Mark came back on staff in 11, I started just kind of hanging out with him and Laura Timkin and a few others. We would play Euchre and other games together in the evenings, and so it was just kind of a slow, like, getting to know each other, and mm-hmm. um, yeah, eventually it was just kind of like, yeah, we are kind of interested in each other. <laughs> yeah, okay. A little more complicated than that, but mm-hmm. yeah. So what year did you get married? 2016. Okay, good. And you got married here at the Hill. Yeah, yeah, in the I, chapel. Yeah, yeah. You guys let me take a small part in that, mm-hmm. and I really appreciated that. That was fun. Our backup. Um. Yeah, just in case Charlie didn't make it through, <laughs> which we all knew was a possibility. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's about the day before I think before he made his final decision. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so. Um, okay, so now you're you're living in uh, for people that know. The house, this used to be the Stamness house. Yeah. And yeah. do we have a name for the house? Joshua. Joshua. Just okay. recently named, actually. <laughs> oh, okay, great. All right. So it used to be the Stamness house. How many years did they live here? Um, I want to say 12 years. Okay. It was like built in 08. Okay. So, yeah. So if you guys know the area, if you know the house, you know where they live. And they're very uh, hospitable with the house. I mean, we're even we're actually recording the podcast in their house now because there's a retreat up here and there was no room anywhere else. Uh, but they were just you know real quick to do that. But they, you know, Lauren, my oldest daughter, she has stayed with them on a couple of occasions, and they seem to often have people here living with them. Uh, so they've been very hospitable. I know students come up and and uh, and spend time up here as well. So it, they they um. They use the house for ministry, which is, you know, what our hope would be. And, and that's what they do. And we, we really appreciate that. And it's again, it's fun for me to see because I, I've known these guys before they were, you know, while they were kids. 
and and then growing up and 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 um, and growing in relationship with Christ and now ministering to the students is just a really fun thing for for me to observe you know to watch happen um so now what's it like being married yeah let's see there's so many questions i could ask with that (laughs) yeah where are you you going (laughs) well you know being okay being people that knew each other for years actually Mm -hmm. before getting married before even starting to date um and then you get married, and right away you're on staff. Um, you know what's it what's it been like being married, and at you know getting to know each other in a very public bubble, <laughs> and uh, and then at the same time having to give so much of yourselves to others. What's what's that been like? Thank you. Yeah. No. 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 It's. You know, when you're, we were very fortunate in, in our dating and engagement to, to work together as, as well as live very close. Um, but, uh, so in that sense, I feel like we got to know each other very well. Um, you know, see how, how each Mm. other handles stress or handle, you know, this, the different things of life. But, um, but even in that, you know, there's always, little things and and sometimes maybe not so little things that you learn about each other um in in marriage so i, I don't know if that really answers the no question, it does yeah but, you're giving uh, me yeah some insight audrey yeah i think i mean initially while dating it was hard okay. like feeling like you're in the spotlight everybody sure. watching you um, well i would think especially you being charlie's yeah. daughter <laughs> yeah you know that that would yeah that that would be something you would be conscious of mm-hmm. and probably mark a little bit too. This yeah. is Charlie's daughter. <laughs> he he did say in a not so subtle way. Um, he's like, well, Mark, I've I've seen staff members date before, and so this is not new. And sometimes it doesn't work out, and sometimes somebody has to go. You know? and, <laughs> and just so you know, it it won't be my daughter. <laughs> okay, all right. Uh, not not so subtle. That no, yeah, no, that, not, not that, quite so subtle. That would be Charlie. Yeah. Okay, all right. Well, that's that's funny. Okay, yeah. all right. But so, but yeah, it it was it was uneasy at first, like yeah, being in the spotlight. But I think over time, I came to realize like how good it was for me to like mm-hmm. have that and like have like the opportunity that we have to have a relationship with so many other people to keep us accountable and to just, um, just not always just be doing things one-on-one. Um, and so I think it really helped. Yeah. It helped us grow closer to each other and like learn more about each other from all the time that we could spend with other people. Mm. Um, but yeah. And then also we just spent so much time together before getting married that, um, not everybody has that opportunity because we're basically seeing each other at meals and hanging out in the evenings and not just going on one date a week or anything. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, since being married, I think it's um, kind of similar. Like it's a lot of people, their eyes are on you and watching you, but having to come to the point early on that like, that's okay. And realizing that I think it's made it, a lot easier mm. um, in our marriage and just like wanting people to be involved in mm. our life. And um, wow. yeah, so. No, that's, that's really encouraging to hear. And it makes me think of how, you know, so often we find ourselves in situations that it, 
it's not comfortable. It's not exactly how I would want it. And we get so caught up in trying to make it the way I want it that mm-hmm. we miss out on what God is doing. Yeah. You know, he's sovereign. And so it's not, it's not an accident. You know, if I'm, if I'm walking in relationship with Christ, I'm trusting him, then I have all the confidence in the world that I am where I'm supposed to be. Mm-hmm. And, and sometimes we do need to take a breath, look around and see what, see what God's doing in this situation. So that's, that's, that's a really neat thing to hear and be reminded of. Yeah, appreciate that. Um, okay, so along with that, um, what's it been like, Audrey, I guess I'll start with you, you know, growing up on, as one of the staff kids, now being on staff and working with the students, mm-hmm. what you know, what has that, have there been any big changes that you are adjustments you've had to make from being Charlie's daughter to Charlie's kitchen manager? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I call him Charlie more than I call him dad <laughs> now. <laughs> I very early realized it's kind of weird being, yeah. saying to people, my dad, said yeah, this. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so that was an adjustment. Okay. Um, but I don't know. No, that I think that's a big one, actually. Yeah. And it's something that you, I would think you would have to come to because there's other staff people mm-hmm. and, and you have to be sensitive to that. Yeah. And, and so that's and it probably helps your dad with that, too, because, you know, he he has to treat you mm-hmm. like he does all the other staff. Yeah. Yeah. And I feel it. I feel like he's done a good job of that and Mm -hmm. kind of growing up, it was the same way of like people, I think naturally thought like, oh, the staff kids get special treatment. But (laughs) we joke that we got like worse treatment in a way (laughs) because it's like nobody wants to show special treatment. So they swing to the other way, which my dad doesn't do. But um, yeah, I think it's, it's been my goal to like not be seen differently. Like I don't want to have special treatment or anything, but. Now, Mark, growing up, you know, you said that, you know, you were the 16-year-old hanging out with the 18-year-olds. They were, you know, they were the cool kids. And, mm-hmm. and then you end up coming on staff, and now you're working with those 18-year-olds. Yeah. You know, so you went from this guy that just would show up and hang out and pretty much do whatever you wanted to, to, mm-hmm. to being the, the staff now working with these students. Did you have to make any adjustments? I mean, you're also local, too, so. yeah. Honestly, I think, I think they were just natural adjustments, mm-hmm. um, and uh, yeah, in in just growing in maturity, um, both spiritually and even just socially, mm-hmm. you know, figuring out how to have a normal conversation with people, <laughs> yeah, I think, and just just you know things like that, um, that uh, that it. It came pretty naturally. I actually, I, I do remember the first weirdest time was when I had came back as a as an intern right after Bible Bible school at Ravencrest, and so I was I was nineteen, barely nineteen, and I was in charge of workday. So I had like twelve, fifteen um, guys to, to delegate. Mm. And that was, it was intimidating. I bet. Um, you were just 19. Yeah. And yeah. half of them were older than me. Oh, wow. Um, you know, John was a second year that year and stuff okay. like that. And so anyways, it was just, yeah, intimidating. And, uh, 
And that feeling of inadequacy, I guess, became very normal. Okay. <laughs> you just, um, and it's still awkward, of course, but, but just knowing that, like, well, okay, I, I'm not adequate for this, so I'll trust the Lord and mm. he'll see me through. Mm. And then the next thing comes around, and then the next, and then the next, so. Okay. Yeah. Well, that's good, yeah. Um, no, no I, I appreciate that. You know, we just, and we have to come to that. You know, no matter what we're doing in life, mm-hmm. where we are, we have to come to that realization that I can't do this. Mm-hmm. I can fake it. Yeah, sure. You know, I can knock myself out and, and, and make it look like I've got this. Mm-hmm. Uh, but really, if it's going to be of any value, you know, we were designed that it be what the Lord's doing, you know, what he's doing in us. And so, yeah, no, that's that again is encouraging to hear. You know that that you're you're learning that, and I can you know I can give testimony to it as well because, like I said, I knew you when you were 17, mm-hmm. and you you have grown up. You have shown a lot of maturity, and and in like you said in the conversations, you know, you were never shy, but you didn't necessarily have a lot to say always. Mm-hmm. But but now, not only do you have a lot to say, you have good things to say. No, that's yeah, the, the, sure. I mean, that's um, that's you know, it's fun for me to be able to tell you that. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, so what are some things on staff that you guys, what do you enjoy doing with the students individually? Um, I just love having people at the house. Like, okay. I think since moving here, especially, I mean, we were in Shalom before this, and that was fun. I mean, packing them all in, but. Yeah. I've just really loved being able to open our home and just because partially because I work, I feel like I'm able to even stay more often, just like, sure, go up there and study. Like Mm. I, but yeah, just having them over in the evenings, girls movie nights still and um, different things. I, yeah, I just love spending time with them and being able to pour into them and them pour into me even like, it's just always encouraging to have a full house for me. Okay, good. Mark, what about you? Um, it's kind of a mix of like working with the guys, mm-hmm. um, just doing something like Holland Cedar. I mean, I've, you know, always a couple times a year on like the cold, wet, rainy days, you just, you just go out and you just cut cedar with the guys. And that's just always a lot of fun, um, to just be out and, and work and not have to be like delegating a lot and worried about a lot of other things, but, uh, just, Spending time like that in that type of environment is, is a lot of fun. Okay, so, yeah. Anyways. Is there anything that, as a couple, you like to do with the students? I don't know, play cards. Uh, we still play Euchre <laughs> a little bit, <laughs> yeah. so um, we're, always, we're always down for a game like that. Okay. Uh, yeah, playing games. We don't do as many games anymore, but, like, yeah, yeah it's fun doing that together with them, like mm-hmm. home fellowships and stuff. Okay. Like, yeah, playing the... Uh, empires and telephone pictionary okay. and all of that with them. All right. So you like to play games with them. Yeah. Yeah. Do you have time? What's it like? Uh, I know, you know, what it was like for Arlene and I, but I'm just curious from you guys. Um, do you find it difficult to find your place um, out, outside of his hill? Somewhat. Yeah. yeah I, I feel like right now kind of – in the stage that we're in, yeah, it sometimes it's hard to figure out how much time do we, you know, set aside to do things with other people outside mm-hmm. of the hill. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, it's a hard 
balance to figure that out sometimes because realizing that like we need we need other people in our lives too that aren't 18 right (laughs) and um yeah I think it's it's hard figuring that out and um just going to the Lord with like even just month by month but year by year um with what do we need to focus a little bit more on this year Mm -hmm. for ourselves okay Mark yeah um I would, yeah, really just agree. Um, there's always, there's always the, the creeping questions of like, well, you know, what if we had to move or what if this or what if that, but yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't think that's what you're driving at. Um, but, uh, yeah, just continually just kind of evaluating. Yeah. Um, and not, and not just evaluating like, oh, what do, what do we need? What do, you know, what best suits us? But like, what does what does the Lord have us do? Mm-hmm. Um, whether it's with church or, or folks outside the hill or, uh, or our family members outside of the hill mm. as well. Yeah. So. Because you both have family mm-hmm. yeah, in the area. Um, I wasn't really driving at anything, just yeah. asking the question, seeing what you, what you had with that. Mm-hmm. But I, um, just to give you guys some more encouragement, you know, I, I, I know for years, um, you know, Charlie, when he would go through the staff manual at the beginning of the year, um, which, you know, for those of us who were year, here for years and years and years, you feel like you're banging your head against the wall, you know, because we'd have to hear it every year. And you guys probably thought I was nuts for sitting in on that this this year. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but but I, I hadn't been a part of it for, for six years, so I thought I maybe need a refresher course, you know. <laughs> Uh, and see what has changed. And some things, you know, some things in the manual did change. But um, anyway, um, I remember Charlie telling us that he wanted us as a staff to make sure we plug into a church, mm-hmm. to to not let his hill become your church because his hill is not a church. Mm-hmm. And um, it's I always appreciated that, yeah. you know, because the time did come for us to leave. And, uh, and we, we did have that, you know, that understanding, you know, of what it meant to be a part of a church, uh, just practically. Mm-hmm. And the kids did too. Mm-hmm. So when we left, it was natural for us to find a body to, to get connected with. And, you know, really your, your social life greatly is affected by that too. You know, mm-hmm. that, that you, this is the center of your life, which is really the way, you know, it's interesting when you, when you study American history, you know, the early, the early days when they would build new towns, the first thing they would build as a community would be the church. Mm-hmm. And then everything was built around that. Mm-hmm. And I thought, what an incredible picture, you know, that, that, you know, Christ is our life and then everything comes from, from him. Um, but uh, anyway, what I've seen, what I want to encourage you guys with is, you know, what I have seen from, from y'all is that y'all have plugged into the church. You know, um, you know, Mark, you're a deacon, mm-hmm. and and not just in name, but you're active, you know, as as a deacon, and that's that's really important. Um, and then Audrey, I know that you and Lauren even have have talked together. How can we get involved here? And then you've you've done some things there too, and uh, and, and I think that's that's important. You know, that's neat, and I and I'm I'm really encouraged to see that, you know, from you because I know it could be really easy, uh, you know, especially you know, growing up. At, at, at the hill just mm-hmm. just 
keep your security, you know, keep your, your, your security blanket here close to you, but to, to move forward. What would you say to uh, any alumni, and this was really the, the catalyst uh, that I think the Lord used in my heart to start the podcast ministry, because so many of our alumni will get in touch with us and tell us how difficult it's been for them to make the adjustment from being here in this intense community and then, you know, for a year, people who are like-minded, day in, day out, encouraging you to Christ, um, and, you know, whether that meant getting in your face or cheering you on, whatever it was, you know, you had that, and, and always in the Word, um, So, and, and then they go home, and they really struggle with fitting back in. They really struggle with, you know, you know, they're not hearing the same things. They're not, you know, they're just, they don't have the same kind of relationships. What what, if anything, would you say as encouragement to them? I guess my encouragement would be um, to not let the externals dictate the internal. Mm. Um, and, and I know that's, that's a broad statement, but but it's it is it's just really easy to just let our surroundings. Um, just kind of take a hold of mm-hmm. uh, of what we know to be true and what what we're acting on as truth, um, and and to know truth is is to know a person and it's the person of Jesus and and if we if we know him, we know he's you know we know he's good, um, and then uh, then we can we can act from that um, and. Man, I you know I don't, I don't know how it looks, what type of church or or small group or or you know things like that to get plugged into or what to stay away from, but uh, but yeah, to just to just not let the not let the externals dictate you know our relationship with the Lord. Mm, okay, Audrey. I think yeah, just not waiting for everyone to come seek you out mm-hmm. and like being that person that you want others to be to you. Yeah. And yeah, just, um, you know, if you, yeah, just basically whatever you're looking for, being willing to be that to others. Mm. And, um, I think for me after Bible school, like I just missed spending time like in smaller groups with girls. And so coming home, I was like, even before coming on staff, that was something that was on my heart mm. um, to just be that, that I didn't feel like I had. Mm-hmm. And so I would, yeah, just encourage others to like, don't just wait for it to come to you. But um, if that's on your heart, feeling like you need that, then mm. um, being that to others. Yeah, I think that's, that's a good way of saying, you know, be to others what you're wanting them to be to you. Mm-hmm. Um yeah, you know, I, I understand that it can be it can be difficult. I mean, I've experienced it myself, you know, having left the staff after being here for 23 years and then and moving away. You know, I've, I've had to go through the same thing we as a family did. But I but I, I, if I, I have found the same thing that, that you're talking about is that, you know, what what is what's incredible about the life of Christ is that it's not a stagnant life. Mm-hmm but it's an active life. And so we need to trust him and be active. Mm-hmm. You know, if, 
if you, um, I think it's a good idea to, um, to be active and looking for, you know, to, to, to be proactive and looking for someone older than you mm-hmm. to, to spend time with you, you know, because, you know, you know, being somebody that's, you know, I, I'm 55 now, it just blows my mind when, you know, people younger than me come to me and they want to spend some time with me. You know, I just, you know, even, even campers still, I think, well, are you kidding me? You know, there's no hair up here. Are you sure you want to do this? But the, uh, but I think how important that is, you know, and, and, and so my point is that, you know, you go to an older person and ask them, they're going to want to, they're going to want to respond to that. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's, you know, it, you know, just ask them, can we, can we have coffee once a month, once a week together, that mm-hmm. kind of thing to spend time. Uh, so being proactive in that way, but also proactive in looking for others to say, Hey, would you like to get together, you know, once a week and let's just, let's work through the book of John together, you know, let's pray together. Uh, that's, you know, to, to be what, you know, we, we miss his hill when we leave, but to go off and be what, others have been to you while you were here, Mm -hmm. you know, trusting Christ, showing Jesus, Mm -hmm. I think is, um, is, is good encouragement. You know, that's, that's, you know, what we're supposed to, that's, that's what's supposed to be seen in us. And, uh, and of course, you know, if you, you you know, you, you need to make a phone call or come back for a visit. Well, come on, that's fine. There's nothing wrong with that. Mm -hmm. Um, and, uh, and, and we're certainly available for all of that too. Um, okay, well, is there anything else you guys were hoping to cover? I, I don't think so. Okay. Yeah. Audrey, how are you feeling? Good. Okay. Almost done. <laughs> <You> almost done? <laughs> you're, no, you're still You're still upright. I'm so still this, upright. That's I'm good. <laughs> All right. Well, I appreciate you guys giving us this time. I know that uh, you're both very busy, and for you to just stop everything like this and and to just sit down and have a talk with a microphone in your face <laughs> is uh you know not necessarily part of your plan for the week but uh, i appreciate you being so flexible and wanting to do this um i uh, audrey we've got thanksgiving conference coming up and just mm-hmm. well, what's the countdown um oh i need re- it's about two and a half weeks two and a half weeks okay and we're going to have a phenomenal number oh, here we are. yeah what are you <laughs> planning for on thanksgiving day um around 2.30. Oh my goodness. 2.30. Yeah, we'll be setting up a tent this year. So it'll be something like the 45 year anniversary. Mm-hmm. And uh, it will be live streamed. So if you want to, as uh, those of you who are listening in, if you want to, uh, if you're not coming for the Thanksgiving conference and you want to take part in, in, the, in the sessions, you're you know, welcome to log on and, and watch those. Um, we have our speakers uh, should tell you that too. We have uh, Peter Reed, who is the general director of Torchbearers, and Zane Black. So yeah, yeah. So you're you're more than welcome to uh, to listen to those sessions and uh, watch them live. Or I'm sure Mar- uh, Michael will have them posted for you to watch after as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Mark, what do you have to get ready for? I mean, you usually have to get the grounds ready. Yeah, yeah. Just um, and you got a lot to do with that this year because you've been busy messing it up. Yeah, I'm really good at making messes, <laughs> and I need to start cleaning up my messes. Uh, we've been updating some sidewalks and uh, and and some ramps and stuff like that. Um, so just making it a little more accessible and all so, right. Yeah. Good. All right. Well, we've uh, been sitting here with Mark and Audrey Griggs. And again, I want to thank them. I want to thank you for listening and uh, make sure 
Now, if you have any questions uh, for um, for Charlie, who uh, we're wanting to put together a Charlie chat. For those of you who have been students here, you know what that means. We would every once in a while and still do uh, schedule some time in, in one of the classes for students to ask Charlie any question they want to. Uh, whether it was theological or personal or just just right out of left field, didn't matter. So if you have any questions that you would like to ask Charlie, make sure you send those to me at kelly at hishill.org, and I will add those to the list. Don't worry, if you do not want your name mentioned with the question, just indicate that, and I will not say I will not say your name. I will keep it quiet, keep it secret. Anyway, thanks for listening, and uh, remember, keep your eyes fixed on Jesus.